pray because we need the Holy Spirit and we want to hear the Holy Spirit, not me. So let's pray. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you as we dive into your word that we'll have open ears and open hearts to hear what you want to say tonight. Thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit will guide us through this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I really struggled with what to speak because I didn't want to do it, um, <laughs> to be fully honest. Um, so I really struggled and it took me about three or four days to land on anything and um, it wasn't until God stopped me in my tracks and went, well, what do you know at the moment? Because you should, you know, practice what you preach, but you should also like probably talk about stuff that you actually know about. So um, what I know right now is that it's been a rough couple of years for most of us. It's just been a bumpy road. Thank you, COVID. Um, and it's been up and down and back and forth, but we've all made it through it. And it has been amazing to see this community come together and just everything's been running and people have been stepping up and it's just been really cool to watch it all happen. And I think I can speak for most of us when I say we've all grown through it. Our faith has grown, our trust has grown, and we as people have grown. And um, it has stretched us and made us a little bit uncomfortable, probably, um, but by the grace of God, we have made it through it because he has graced us to do what is needed for this season. Um, so I want to talk about God's grace, his empowering grace to live in his grace zone. Um, and I was writing this and I wrote it the way I've never written anything before. So we'll see if it flows. Um, but... We often talk about stepping out and stepping out of the boat and being uncomfortable and just taking that leap of faith. But we never talk about what happens once you've taken the step. We never really, we very rarely talk about what comes next because you've taken the step and you're on the path. What do you do now? And sometimes we can get to that point where we've taken the step and then we feel like, what do we do now? And we don't know where to go. So I, being me, I like to have a little bit of sass just in life. Um, Chantelle's laughing hard because she knows me very well. Um, so I'm titled the message, Stay Calm, There Is Grace. Um, so let's just dive into it. Usually when we talk about grace, we go straight for the New Testament, Corinthians specifically, and we will go there. But I asked God, I said, well, you're the God, you're the eternal God, like Pastor Kel said this morning, um, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So was your grace, is your grace only re relevant to the New Testament? And he brought the story of Joseph to me. Um, not Jesus' dad, Joseph, Old Testament Joseph. Um, Joseph was one of 11, 12 brothers and a sister. Yeah, girl. That was for you, Chloe. Um, and he wasn't very liked by his brothers because he kept having dreams that he was above them and all this stuff. 
And to make, just to summarise for you, um, his brothers did plot to kill him at one stage. They didn't. Good news. But they did sell him as a slave to, like, a passerby. And he ended up in, in Egypt in a household of, like, a higher-up. And he rose through the ranks in an Egyptian ha- household as an Israelite, which is not something you would probably expect. Um, eventually, it didn't turn out super great. And um, this higher-up's wife decided that he looked cute. You look great. And he ended up in jail for what we would essentially call sexual abuse that he didn't commit. So life's not looking super great, but he had two cellmates there, and they kept having these recurring dreams. So he interpreted the dreams for them. One was a baker who he said, yeah, your dream is good. You're going to go back to Pharaoh's palace and you're going to work. And the other one, I can't remember what his job was, um, but he had a different dream and he was hung, basically. And Joseph said to the baker, when you are with Pharaoh, remember me. And a couple of years later, Pharaoh was having dreams and no one could interpret them. So the baker said, oh, actually, this one guy interpreted my dream and it actually turned out to be correct. So they called in Joseph and he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh who, and there was the um, seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine in Egypt. And this is where we jump into the story. So Genesis 41 verse 37. The plan seemed good. Oh, he gave them a plan for how to handle it, by the way. Um, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? So even Pharaoh, who was basically classed as a god himself in his nation, recognized the spirit and the grace of God on Joseph's life. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So just reflection, Joseph, who was disliked by his brothers, who was sold as a slave, who was an Israelite, was now in charge of all of Egypt, who was... That was the superpower of the day. Um, And the text doesn't really talk about how Joseph reacted or how he really dealt with this news. The Pharaoh was just like, yeah, here's the keys to my kingdom. But I imagine he wasn't super calm and probably freaking out a little bit. I would be. He was only 30 at the time. And he just... I mean, realistically, he wasn't qualified for this job. He didn't have any PhDs. He didn't study to be a prime minister or whatever his equivalent was. Um, The only thing that set him apart was God. It was the grace of God on his life, the grace that God had given him for this exact task at this exact time. And... um, As we go through the Bible, we see this time and time again. Same with Joshua when he took over from Moses. I mean, telling Israelites that we're going to walk around the city instead of inviting it can't have been that much fun, realistically. Um, And like Moses himself, he just didn't want to do it. But he took 
the step and then he trusted God to do the rest. And living in your grace zone takes a massive amount of trust in God um, because the grace zone that he has for you and the grace zone that you have for you might be very different. They might look very, very opposite from what you actually thought was going to be your life. In fact, God's plans are usually bigger in the best possible way because the way God sees you and the way you see you is, doesn't always line up because he sees more of you than what you see. And um, this is um, what I think we often forget to talk about is what happens once you've taken the step because that takes a massive amount of trust to trust God to step into the grace that he has given you. But once you're there, it takes just as much trust to stay there and to keep on that path. Um, so in Corinthians, told you we're going there. Um, Corinthians 12, verse 6. This is Paul speaking. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, I just hear Pastor Daryl. If it's a therefore, find out what it's there for. Um, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Living in your grace zone takes a lot of trust, as I said earlier, and you may think that living in your grace zone, which is what Paul did, um, is just sweet, comfortable, easy. This should be, I should know what I'm doing. That's not always the case, unfortunately. Um, being comfortable and living in your grace zone isn't always the same. God likes to take you into your grace zone. It's really hard to say. I don't know why I wrote it so many times. <laughs> And it might be bigger and different from what you think. Um, but I think he does this to teach us to rely on him and to trust him. And also to show um, his empowering grace to the people around you. Your grace zone may be a big step into something you never thought. Your grace zone might be taking a step back from something. It might be even staying exactly where you are in this season. Either way, neither of these are necessarily comfortable. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He actually pleaded with God that he didn't have to do it. But at the end, God's empowering grace enabled him to do that. That same empowering grace lives in you and me, and he pours out that same power on you and me as we walk through life. Full disclaimer, because I've talked about being uncomfortable, don't go questioning everything in your life. <laughs> certain things should be comfortable in your life, certain things maybe not so much, but that is between you and God. Um, I have walked with God long enough now 
that I know that he doesn't necessarily or particularly like it when we're comfortable, hence why I'm up here. Um, The reason, I believe, is because when we are comfortable, we forget to rely on him and we forget to trust him because we can do it in our own strength and we can do it in our own power. But when you're living in your grace zone, it may stretch you, it may push you, and it may make, might make you horribly, horribly uncomfortable. I think most of us have been there. But God has got you. And I think it's important that we remember that the trust doesn't come from just the first step. It, takes, it comes with every step. Every step you take, you need to trust God and rely on God and let Him do what He does. Trust His grace to carry you through. Because let me tell you, life is easier with Jesus. And if you just surrender and trust Him. So that's a very short message. You're welcome. (laughs) So I'm going to finish with this as the team is coming up. Um, This is one of my favorite verses that was given to me as a teenager. And I often turn to it when I am unsure where to go next. Um, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed and placed and purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name as my representative, he may give to you. God has chosen you. And I know there's a lot of people who have shifting seasons and altering seasons and things are changing. But God has chosen you. And if you think that this season is an accident, you're mistaken. God hasn't got you in Queenstown or New Zealand or this church without thinking it through. Um, He has called you and He has chosen you for this time. It is a different time to live in, not just because of COVID, but because the world we live in and the culture of the world at the moment, it is different. But but trusting God to walk you through it and to trust His grace to empower you in whatever season you are in and whatever you're going through at the moment, whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, just makes your life a little bit easier. And it just makes you a little bit more comfortable, even in the uncomfortable seasons. Um, His grace on really is the best place to live. And um, I was thinking about this when I was looking through all the stories of the Bible. It's, It's not always what you think, as I said, but it's always what is right. Um, And sometimes what is right isn't the most comfortable. Quite often what is right is not the most comfortable. But just remember that God wouldn't lead you through to it without leading you through it. I just want to encourage you that no matter what God is leading you to right now, whether it's changing, whether it's staying, whether it's going or coming, Whether it makes you uncomfortable or scared or you just don't want to do it, His grace is enough. And He is enough. His grace is enough to lead you through it. And His grace is enough to guide you. So that was really all I had to say. So I'm just going to pray. And then we're going to sing, I think.
So thank you, Father, for these amazing people who have come out tonight to hear your word. Thank you, Father, that you're leading all of us through the season that we're in. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen each and every one in here to walk the path that you chose for them, Father. Thank you for the call on every life in here. Thank you for your anointing pouring out on your people, for your Holy Spirit leading, for you being the, the light that guides our step, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are here ready with your empowering grace whenever we're ready to take the step. Um, maybe you're here and you're not sure what your season